0: Welcome everyone you are listening to and perhaps watching Calling the Audible. I am the cl- the driver of the clown car. My name is Piz Del Delarise. Co-piloting the clown car I is I am the clown. GM Calathris. How's it going? It's it's been a while. It's it been has great. been a while. I feel like I, I literally don't even remember the last time you were in studio. We can fix that. It's been a while. It's been a while. We do need to get you in here more often. Uh, and of course producing us as always is Eagle Lab Master Control And here to make sure Joey Taylor doesn't get inducted again is Terry Tam sitting in the shadows You're not and on not camera. camera I just said it because you're here and I felt weird not introducing you
1: Stay there
0: um, Welcome everyone today, uh, we will not talk about any of the games uh, that happen in FPF So if you played this week, Sorry. to hell with you, we don't care about you and don't like you GM, thanks for making the trek out. It has the storm started yet?
1: No, it has. Well, I don't know. We're in a garage right now. No, you but oh, you mean we're no in a high-rise no. downtown Montreal? Yes, <laughs> not not in the garage. Not in the garage square, at place.
0: all. I don't know why I would say that place specifically, but you know, we're definitely in a high-rise. Uh, GM, you had an article just came out, literally just now before we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Great timing. About <laughs> seriously, um, much like everything we do in a PF Um not your fault though. Um, that article's up and for anyone who is listening you can tune in and watch Uh, you can read it uh, at flagplusfootball.com for those of you who don't like reading and come to the podcast we'll kind of read it to you we'll discuss the topics herein Um, we've been doing we've been doing the uh, Hall of Fame inductions for how long? since 2011 since 2011 that's actually my first season in the league I remember uh looking at the name of Carmen Paliche and saying, police, that's a weird mm-hmm. last name. <laughs> um, so that was the, he was part of the first class, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Because um, again, otherwise the story doesn't make sense. I think but it, it, worst case, I'm lying.
1: I could be wrong, but I think it's Carmen Paliche, Kevin Wyeth, Ben uh, Benabdokater, Keyshawn Thompson, and Shane Williams.
0: I remember seeing that name and saying, I don't know how to pronounce that. The name, of course, being Shane Williams. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's uh, a reason why we call you the FPF historian. So, Carmen Peliche, Roxy Benavocator, Keyshawn Thompson, Kevin Wyeth, and Pat Shenard. Pat Channard, okay. So close.
0: I mean, that's fine. It's close enough. doesn't matter. Again, Is it, it's all on the website. If you're very yeah. much interested in fact-checking, please feel free to do Chino so. Shane Williams
2: was the second.
1: The year. year after, yeah. Along with, can you do this twice? Uh, Paula Pierre.
2: Maybe. Uh, yep.
1: Um, Gino DeFazio. Uh, yep. Tony Tibet. Yep. Naragusayan? Nope. Close though. No. Um Paul Kamel. Yep. And do you remember the referee and the staff? Tom Cesari? Yep. Darren Basmajan. That is correct. He's really So good as
0: thing. much as everyone loves to hear lists. Which
1: they can in. consult themselves on the website.
0: Let's let's uh, get into some of the topics. Darren's
1: picture is fantastic, by the way. Everyone should go check. Thank
0: it you out. for interrupting me. I really appreciated that. You could have just said that later. No. So let's get into some of the topics uh, that you brought up in the article. Uh, the topic that, of course, was sparked last season, uh, wh- we mentioned it early the, as we started the show when Joey Taylor was inducted. Uh, it started the great debate that we've actually been having for years before mm-hmm. and we will have every year for as long as FPF exists. Um, what I will say, w- w- what the debate is, is that uh, the debate on one side is only guys who play div- who have played Division One and have excelled at that level can pl- can make it to the Hall of Fame. The other side of the debate is, the way I see it personally, is a Hall of Fame is, in every sense, a museum. And it is, um, in our case, much like, for example, the Pro Football Hall of Fame or the ba- the, the, the Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, and I think that's the closest parallel is actually the, the Basketball Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. um, it's a museum of our history. And our history is not a history of Division 1. It's not a history of Division 2. It's a history of an exponentially growing amount of divisions, which is part of what makes FPF. Yeah, it's amazingly um,
1: a representation of its players, right? Mm-hmm. Not just like a specific subset. And I think that if you're only considering Division 1 or you're only considering Division 2, at, at a certain point in time, you're going to get guys who are pretty good in Division 1, but... Yeah, nothing better than that. And then like, it's not hall of skill; it's yeah. hall of fame. Where do you where do you put someone who is a division one defender who has maybe either a huge impact in the game, but you don't really see it because the QBs don't tend to throw their way, and they have no stats to um, to back it up, or they just don't have stats because they're just an okay player in division one. Where do you rank them compared to say a, a triple threat quarterback receiver? rusher like Seb Thibault in lower divisions like do you want a division one role player do you want someone who excels at three positions on the field and
0: and and guy who started in a division and moved up and in the end we we are a recreational league and sometimes a guy is very talented but largely wants to play with his friends Mm -hmm. and what we see is guys get forced up through a cap system over time what happens is there's a a lock in Division Three, where players can sort of stick around there for a while and play with friends, mm-hmm. not quarterbacks per se, but, but let's say like receivers and, and, and snappers, defenders, uh, rushers can, can play in that division because they're not position kept the way quarterbacks are. Um, they can choose to play with their friends for a long time and continue continue to have great seasons there and may not be interested in playing in higher divisions may not be interested uh, one guy for example that i i know on this on our list which we'll go to get to later uh, justin blanchard famously not a guy who enjoys sort of physicality of division 1 mm-hmm. uh, not a guy he wants to play with friends that's why he plays with me as a quarterback uh, it's not because of my talents i can tell you that it's because he wants to play with friends
1: and, and we know from seen him in other like, leagues that he is perfectly capable of playing with more elite teams and yeah with more elite competition, and, and it's just someone who just chooses not to.
2: I think this conversation even changes form a little bit now that we have, well, not only co-ed, but a women's division as well, right? So you're not going to necessarily say, well, they need to play Division One in order to be eligible. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're playing to the best of your abilities against the highest of competition. so mm-hmm. why aren't you
0: eligible? Man, we're going to have a sexist debate at some point, though, right? It's going to happen. Where, like, Vanessa Beery is going to be obviously first ballot, yeah. but just meet people like, how can a woman be in the Hall of Fame? And I'm be like... Because you're asking oh. that question, yeah, and then I'm gonna vomit a little bit in my mouth. Um, but yeah. yeah, at that point, I'll be so old I won't be able to control my own vomit. Is the point? Um, that's that's one part of the conversation. Where, well, first of all, where do you lie with regards to that? I think you're kind of you're more centrist than I am. But uh,
1: I'm I'm pretty centrist in that I agree with both sides of the argument. So what I would like to see is. I don't care where someone starts, how do they compare uh, how do they compare relative to their peers and do we see a clear progression? Mm-hmm. So I don't care if someone has great stats in their first season in division 6, if they ha- in their next season in division D, do they have the same quality stats? Do they go into division 4 after that? Do we see a clear progression or are they still elite compared to their peers even if they're staying in the same division? Mm-hmm. Or is it just one or two early seasons of greatness, and then it kind of flounders as they rise.
0: So I promise this is the last um, nomination and Hall of Fame show, where I, and, and the last time in this show I will mention uh, Joey Taylor's name. But oh, I'll bring the, him up later. Don't the, worry. The reason why I'm bringing it up is um, the case I saw for him, and, and a case I think is important to consider for specific uh, situations is um, – I think some people have an impact on the largest percentage of the league, which is divisions um, six through three, mm-hmm. right? That's the largest portion of our teams. And, and I,
1: that amongst would say, that yeah, three, four, five, sorry, three, four, five. Cause you also get engaged return players. Who yeah. Are, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Where, but but st- like just the bulk of teams, most teams are Division 6 and 5, and, and the most returning yeah. teams are Division 5 and 4, 100%, uh, and Division 3 as well. It's very Division 3 actually is a very communal division. We tend to see a lot of the same teams returning season after season to that division. Um, so I will say that the way I saw it with my vote there was that was a player who um, really benefited. A, he was a great benefit to a lot of lower division players in terms of teaching a system, that was digestible. That was easy for players who weren't necessarily the skill level of some of the most elite players. Not
1: football players, but flag football players. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and and he is to me one of the great. Uh, and, and I'm I'm a guy. I have all the benefits of working for FBF for so long, and having played you know Division Three, Division B. And so I've met a decent amount of cross section of players where. I can send a, t- you know, send a message to uh, Kevin Wyeth. I sent a message to Dan Lazare. Like I had a conversation last night with Dan Lazare about, hey, I'm really struggling in Division 4. How can I improve? And um, you know, not everyone has that ability to reach out to these guys. And I also reached out to Joey Taylor, mm-hmm. and he helped me improve. And I know what he did to help so many others improve. And I think that made his candidacy for a lot of people in the community vote, but especially the the the, the staff vote where the bulk of his votes came from. Um, because I, when you're staffed, you kind of see how players interact and you see how they're involved and so on and so forth. And you see their involvement in FPF uh, on a, a grander scale than just game in and game out. So that's that was that case. Um, wh- what are your feelings on that type of induction? Someone who's... It's not necessarily the talent level, although I don't want to besmirch his talent and in, in, in his accomplishment. Um, but someone who was a mentor, teacher, builder—sort of like the way Gino DeFazio was nominated. Yeah, I, as a, I, I as think a builder Gino
1: DeFazio is absolutely a good um, way to further that example. Uh, I do agree as well in that it's definitely someone who has changed FPF mm-hmm. um, or at least brought more attention to it. And s- systems like that have existed. Throughout FPF's inception, Mm -hmm. Um, I I mentioned to you off air that Joey's system is reminiscent of like the Park X Streets offense, um, uh, who there may even be some carryover between those two teams. But and even that is reminiscent of another Hall of Famer, Paul Kamel, who is now responsible for the you can't throw underhand in the red zone rule because that was his offense. Um, Paul Kamel had pretty much the first dink and dunk ugly but working, marching down the field and killing clock. He was one of the first to do that. So, um, and he's a hall of famer as well. And no one really debated his merit or induction into it because he eventually became a high division player. So I think it's sometimes a case of the higher division players forgetting where they came from at times. If you competed at an elite level for so long, you tend to forget how you also first came into the league.
0: Mm -hmm. And also like, and specifically like for guys who've been here a long time, they started when there was when there was only two divisions, let's say. Mm-hmm. So they started in the lower division, which was division two. The league has grown. The league has become something else. Um it is a more accessible league than when it first started. Um and um I think like I said, to me, that type of player is tremendously important for the growth of the league and, and for um for what FPF truly is. Um so the next thing I wanna l- Ask you, Bajim, when it comes to the topic of, so, what I believe is, it's important for people to vote differently, to mm-hmm. have different criteria. The way I vote is very different from the way you vote. Yeah. We've had right. many, let's call them conversations yeah. off air about about Enthusi- this. enthusiastic conversations. Absolutely. And um, I remember some heated conversations I had in the past with Special ed Division One, and I said, "But guys, if we vote all the same, what's the point? we'll have just one guy vote, and we'll have Rob vote, and it's done. But but the thing is." Uh, because we vote differently I think I think it really allows us to paint a portrait of the league and one thing that and I, I know this is gonna be blasphemous because it's just the way football has been perceived for so many years um, is this how do you how heavily do you weigh winning championships
1: it's, it's part of the formula for me. I, I wouldn't discount someone who hasn't won championships. Like
0: Sean Abram. Sorry, he won championships before P, so it doesn't matter. He
1: won one in, like, a, I know, a winter in a spring, though. <laughs> I know, I
0: just like to, I like to book Sean. But yes. 11th best
2: quarterback in Division yeah. 2. Of the 10. Um, <laughs> um,
1: um, <laughs> uh, I guess this year's more accurate example would be Justin McLean. Justin McLean yeah. has eight... Um, individual awards or all-star nominations, actually, I think it's individual awards and a certain amount of all-star nominations as well. As we wait for Eagle to pull it up, um, he's only played ten seasons, so he's he's theoretically only missed two nominations, which is to, to win it, He has not won any championships. Yeah. And, do and, and what's, cool, what's
0: cool about Justin McLean is he's won awards from eight and three from Division Four to Division One, so he's won in large player pools. And he's won against some of the elite players. So he's he's done both things, right? Yeah. He's won. He
1: was a standout. He's both a hard... 500 people. It's in hard to do for
0: different reasons. It's yeah. hard to compete against the, the best for sure. And it's hard to stand out in a group of people because you might be competing against someone who might not even be as talented but has more opportunity. He did both. So that's absolutely impressive. Nobody can take that away from him. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I believe winning championships and winning is a team accomplishment. It's not necessarily representative of a single player. And one thing, for example, that we we do a lot because uh, lazy media members in, uh, you know, more traditional sports media uh, have done is make the argument, for example, well, Peyton Manning can't win the big one until he wins that. And then they go to the next person who can't win the the, the big one until they win. And then the next person, so on and so forth. For example, Andy Reid was that person and now it's Kyle Shanahan. Until Kyle Shanahan wins as a coach and then it'll be the next person. Mm -hmm. So... It It's a flawed argument, especially, and, and the case is, is particularly difficult in FPF because we're judging people often in the beginning or middle of their FPF careers, not necessarily after they finish playing.
1: And there's also who's more deserving to be based on championships than Dan Marino or Trent Dofer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're asking the wrong guy for that though. My my opinion will definitely be biased because Dilfer was handsome. Uh, I've
2: always looked at individual awards as another piece that is very obvious for me as a differentiating factor but not necessarily in division 1 and 2 but more in division 4 and 5 especially if we feel uh you know someone actually I'll call belongs to play in the 4 and 5 even division 3 arguably because if you're playing in division 1 I, I mean there's a limited pool of people that are actually in there right? So if you're constantly winning receiver of the year it's still a, a great accomplishment but your pool of people you're competing against is much smaller than if you're doing You, you, you weren't ten- were listening to the previous segment, huh? No, but uh, I mean in, we get back to this and everything Championships is, seems to be the category that a lot of people look at for this but really in terms of competing against individuals that's really much more a way of dif- differentiating you against a team I roster think, I
0: think st- statistical accomplishment is important when it comes to like players getting in for their absolute value on the field um, statistical accomplishment is hugely important and, and I, look at, I look a lot at, at awards as well um whereas again championships for me i wouldn't say no weight especially if you've been a quarterback to win six or seven championships Mm -hmm. that's a big deal uh but i i personally wouldn't look for example at alex hollowax one and be like well he's only won one yeah Uh, in division five that doesn't matter to me because uh, the the thing is all of the other stats are so impressive Mm um and um, one of the one of the key stats I've looked at for a long time for for quarterbacks, especially, is is touchdown interception ratio. Um, so when I see guys with five to one or higher, that automatically will attract my mm-hmm. attention because that's that's an incredible mark of efficiency. And then if you if you add to that efficiency stat, tremendous counting stats, lots of yardage, high completion percentage. uh a huge amount of touchdowns, other accomplishments that that adds to that,
1: and you can't really retroactively go back and fix um, interceptions you've thrown in the past. So it's Correct. like it's marking your efficiency throughout the your FPF career throughout time. Exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. Um, so, what is? how can i how can i put this so is there any other are there any other sort of debates you want to draw attention to before we get into some so um
1: some i plans? i talked about it a little bit but let's let's circle back to it is again is someone who's a shutdown defender and a defender only in in the highest divisions or even has the accolades as just a defender are they a better candidate than someone who has fewer awards but is a top tier quarterback receiver and defender for example. Yeah. So like how how do you weigh those two?
0: So so it's so we've seen we've seen shutdown defenders the case for Teddy Frantz yeah, for Teddy example Frenette, where, absolutely. where the numbers didn't really show how talented he was but for me having worked for the media for a little bit at that time already had recognized oh it's the way other players talk about him and what I've seen is literally he's responsible for an entire part of the field being avoided by the quarterback. Uh, and it, he, he had that level of impact on the game. So impact is important. Yeah. Don so, Shepard
1: as well. Um, Don Shepard, an absolutely devastating center. Some of the best hands in the league ever. Um, but we don't remember him as a quarterback and we don't remember him as a, as a defender because he wasn't. He was just the best center.
0: He was very good at that one specific thing that he did. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. I, and one thing I've mentioned and, and maybe this is something we can look at for all-star nominations uh, in the future Um or for um, Hall of Fame and so on and so forth is I think I think we need to start denoting snappers on teams because a lot of the times they gain they, they gain yardage, they, they they have tons of catches, they don't gain a lot of yards because of the way most teams use their snappers. Uh, they may not be the red zone guy on a team, depending on body type and so on and so forth, but they might play, play a huge important role yeah. uh, on the team. I, I think that that is one way, maybe not for, for Hall of Fame, but helping us... Uh, uh, choose Hall of Fame, uh, choose All Star Snappers. I think would be one way to to help us do that. Uh, now I know teams will change snappers during during season, game to game, uh, especially lower divisions. You see teams changing snapper during games, but maybe someone gets a snapper designation at the start of the game, mm-hmm. and you know over time that'll sort of weigh itself. You know,
1: yeah, because um, I can understand like looking at it statistically, uh, a receiver who's averaging nine yards a catch. Compared to a center who's averaging seven yards a catch, uh, is is very different, right? Like having a center who's able to consistently pick up that amount is huge compared to a receiver who could just catch a bomb every now and again. Yeah, it's kind of like the,
0: you know, the old school full back, footba- fullback, and and, and the, you know how important they were in that in that area, that era of of, of the NFL. Like for us,
1: is your Larry Sanka jersey around? It, around? It's it's at
0: home. It's at okay. home. It's hanging at home. Uh, but the the. Um, the fact that they, they played such an important role, snappers play, and, and everyone will tell you. So sort did of you build your team up the middle, quarterback, snapper, Russia. rushers? Uh, they play a hugely important role. Uh, and, and again, I, I think Don Shepard's a really good example of that. Is that a lot? Like okay, so he scored a ton just because by virtue of being also giant, mm-hmm. but um, but
1: also way fast than someone that size. Yeah, well, be. he's
0: he was too fast for his size. He was he was too big to, for a lot of guys to cover. Just gr- great timing with Kevin White, where he would literally. Turned his head, put his hands out. The ball would hit them, and it was Hand. It was not defensible. Yeah. And and as great as Brian Lara Le- 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 Re- has been for, for for finals for so many years, th- that you know you couldn't compete with that that th- th- that level of familiarity uh, he had playing with Kevin Wyeth in that system and, and timing and spacing and all that. Um, so so the, all, all those things didn't necessarily translate. It's 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 like. Like the defender, like, like 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 the defender uh conversation, you don't always know that just from looking at the mm-hmm. stat sheet. So stats are important, but uh, not necessarily something that um really is the only telltale sign. Anything else?
1: No, just bigger picture.
0: Um so the process. There are three types of votes. Um the the community gets a vote, although it's not heavily weighted. I think that's important that the community gets a vote, although well, it's it's not. division don't, one and two players seem to not like that.
1: Well, when you say it's not heavily weighted, like in in what sense, right? Like it's, it's just not like we're splitting at, it's it. It's not
0: well because there's different ways to Although I don't know if we make those public. We don't. We don't.
1: That's um, why I'm I'm trying to change the course. No, I, I think
0: I think transparency is important. We don't have to share yeah. all the information, but I think tr- a level of transparency is important.
1: It's significant enough
2: that it plays an impact, but not too significant in that you're not going to get a troll vote. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um and, and that being said, I mean, if we think back to when we first started an FPF, we all started at different timelines and everything. I remember walking on the field and you know walking by the Division One field as it used to be called, and being like talking to my teammates and nudging them on the show. I'm like guys, that's Kevin Wyeth over there, right, the quarterback. And so I'm pretty sure there's other people who are kind of like in our shoes where they'll hear a name or they see stats that come up or read an article and then there's a name and they're walking down the field and they get those names. So we want to make sure that if you really generated a buzz around yourself and you have this reputation, that also kind of factors into how the community views you in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean that that's kind of definitely it's
0: a factor to it yeah absolutely um i forgot what we're talking about the community vote and then we have yeah so 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 um i tim i know that a lot of division one two guys especially don't like it i think it's important um because these people these players play in different divisions uh they're they're involved in our league I, i again because of the fact that they're not super they're not heavily weighted and the fact that we well, not as heavily weighted as the other parts, anyway. Um, and I think that w- one thing that we did last year is when, for example, a player added all of his relatives to, to the vote, we rem- we removed those votes and did not count them uh, because we want to restrict it to specifically FPF community mm-hmm. so people can't stuff the ballot box. We do actually spend time to make sure the community vote is representative. The next vote is Hall of Famers. Uh, a hall of Famers Which used have
1: to be alongside st- uh, alongside staff the only two who contributed. I, originally,
0: it wasn't even staff. It was, it was staff like was it. Rob and Rob Campana and Darren Basmijan who of course, Pease vernacular painter. is uh, original is old Pease is is first Pease. Uh, so The agitator, if yeah. you will <laughs> the, the, the asshole who takes the heat for Rob yeah. Basically um,
2: we have BD and AD Before Darren and after Darren No, no, no
0: It's before P's and during <laughs> P's <laughs> Those are the two eras um, But yeah, so, so all that to say um, All that to say uh, the, 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 player, the, the the players who were selected Into the Hall of Fame have a vote uh, Do staff members who were in the Hall of Fame Who got elected to the Hall of Fame They count as Hall of Fame votes, right?
2: They... I will reveal this the hall of fame and the staff vote is identical.
0: No, no, but that's not the question I asked you.
2: But that's that's what I mean, that's how it counts. If you're Hall of Fame, but your staff, you're so it a doesn't staff. matter because it's the same staff. Yeah, it's the same weight. weight though. We're all pulled
0: together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the play so so and and then staff. Thanks for bearing the lead for, for uh blowing the lead, Eagle. Um the I could, I almost said something different. No. Who is Eagle blowing? <laughs> <laughs> the staff. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy I used lead, another word that starts with hell. Um, the thing is lead does start with an L. Uh, There's another word and it implies something else. Um, so the 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 staff the staff gets a vote as well. Uh that's people like myself, uh yourself. Terry Tim has been out of the staff. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, he's well the longest. I wonder tenured, why he left. He's also not on this list. We'll talk about staff nominees too. He's not on the list for staff nominees, even though he's one of our longest-tenured employees. Uh, It's strange I blame Rob Campana
2: He gets me the list So (laughs) Yeah
0: I mean you can check it too though Um,
2: I actually can't Because I don't know When people are staffed Officially or not Because
0: even us two We got burned a year right In Eagle's defense uh, Eagle Knight Waited a year
1: Yeah Rob (laughs) makes people Wait a year longer For the Hall of Fame I don't know
0: why I I don't know why It was just decided My first year working for FBF didn't count Which is fine uh, my when it came and what we'll the staff members do have a category to get into the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, people, yeah, game, I wouldn't be in it otherwise. Yeah, people working in neither would I. Uh, people working in, with uh, you know, um, game of the week writers, scorekeepers, uh, those all fit into one category. Um, and, we'll, we'll, and we've we'll,
1: seen a variety of staff inductees, so absolutely. it's not just the media members, and it's not exclusively scorekeepers like we see carry uh, crossover between, but also a variety.
0: I was actually. Form, I wanted all of the writers to get in before me. That was like a goal. So I was like campaigning hard for Simone. Unfortunately, I got in before him. But uh, still an honor, obviously, mm-hmm. to, to be honored. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about the staff nominees later. We also have a category for referees. Um, uh, for, that one's
2: not voted on by the community because most of the time, if I give you a referee's name, you you're going to be like, who? So. Yeah, you'll vote for the one person you know. Yeah. yeah, or didn't blow a call in your game or something.
0: Hey, well, there's, there's, there's <laughs> a lot. There's a high level of bias in there when it comes to referees. Although,
1: well. I feel like the one who everyone knows and would vote for anyways. Like if we pulled the players and who would be deserving this year as an official, like Craig O'Brien would win hands down. Um, so, although I don't no, have I any I say in who the official for, is, uh, I would never
0: vote for Craig. He's terrible cool. as a player or the a ref. Both only, Yeah, mostly, he's eligible for both. mostly because it, <laughs> mostly because his record against me as a player was like 10 and oh, so that's why <laughs> yeah. straight bias, like I said, it's only biased when it comes to referees, which mm-hmm. is why we don't allow that vote. shall we uh, look at uh let's look let's start with do you want to start, do you want to start with players or staff um let's, let's go do. staff because players are more exciting yeah, let's do that so let's start staff oh uh you'll mention each person we'll put the pictures up and uh gm and I will sort of talk about their case. And we'll do the same thing for players. Mm-hmm. And then we'll wrap up and go home and hopefully the storm isn't that bad yet.
2: So in the staff category, we have repeat candidates from last year. Justin Blanchard, Jonathan Louis, Robert White, and Brett Bodkin. Uh, Jonathan and Rob are predominantly Scorekeepers, Justin has score Kept and worked for the media, both in articles And podcasts, and Brent has also done Articles and podcasts, new to this list From this year is Lance Daniel Who is responsible for Games of the Week Obviously, uh, for a lot of filming At uh, Roadshow Finals, the championship Finals, and uh, has this year Taken over a lot of our Instagram feed And our game recaps and that type of stuff So, definitely yeah. all deserving candidates Across the board
0: mm-hmm. um, So we'll start with, we'll do the chronologically as we see them left to right. So not chronologically at all, but we'll go from left to right as they appear on the screen in front of us. Justin Blanchard being the first one. Uh, You and I not only know Justin as a player, as a staff member, are good friends with Justin Blanchard In a lot
1: of ways, Justin is the opposite of us in, I don't think he'll get in as a staff member, but he might get in as a player. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Um, Well, again, not if you consider only Division 1 and 2 players. Um, So... The the thing is with with Justin Blanchard, uh, the fact that he's done both scorekeeping, working for the media, he's been on a rules committee, not a rules committee, but on um, disciplinary disciplinary committee as well. A job nobody wants. Yeah. By the so
1: way. It, it's showing a variety of things that he's been able to do. He's been able to wear a lot of hats, if you will, and do them all effectively.
0: Yeah. Um, He's done some pretty impressive things w- when hosting the, when doing the podcast with you. I remember one time specifically watching a podcast from Toronto where you were the host, and he was the uh, analyst, and I said, this is terrible. And being able <laughs> yeah. to switch on a dime in his first season podcast, did a great job. Writing articles from France, uh, being able to do the research, it was really impressive. Uh, that's the case for Justin Blanchard. Next one, uh, Lance Daniel. Um, very, for me...
1: Yeah, very, very, very... Very, very polarizing personality, mm-hmm. but an absolute innovator in this league, um, doing things different than have been done before, and whether you like it or not, consistently pushing the envelope.
0: I didn't like Game of the Week when I first started playing in FPF. When I first yeah, started... screw you, Ryan Aridi. No, I mean, I thought Ryan, I thought, I thought everyone who did it before did a great job without direction. Uh, they did what they thought was expected of them which looked a lot like game film to
1: everyone's credit each time someone else took on the job like when it went from Mike Anthony Palazza to Eddie Tarabay from Eddie Tarabay to Vadim Vadim Cherniak, from Vadim to Ryan Reedy, every time someone else took it on they did it differently yeah
0: definitely and and, and made improvements along the way and it's it's the whole thing uh, you know Stephen Hawking said that he couldn't have discovered what he discovered without standing on the shoulders of giants that came before him similar Um, I never thought I'd reference Stephen Hawking in an FPF podcast, but that's okay. Uh, But Lance Daniel kind of understood what we wanted from Game of the Week being more of a marketable product, something we can show people to sell our league uh, and the work he's done with FPF Junior, FPF. And uh, from a a quick meeting where I had to run out of because I had a game uh, talking about how we needed to improve our Instagram uh, feed, uh, the job he's in this season has been been phenomenal. Um, Jonathan, Louis, uh, I'll let you speak more on scorekeepers, uh, GM, just because anyone who knows me knows I don't uh, have the intellectual capacity for scorekeeping. You have shown some intellectual capacity for scorekeeping. So you can recognize those who have done it better than you. Yeah.
1: So I, I'll talk about the scorekeepers in general, and then I'll make a, a case for John specifically. Well, let's um, you do
0: John and Rob, because those are the two pictures. Side yeah, by side.
1: absolutely. So, um, there's a lot that goes on in a game um, all at once. And at any given time, you have to register whether, if it's a completion, how many yards was it? Who was the recipient? And who made the tackle? And if teams don't have numbers on both sides or someone's in the way, or someone's talking to you, there's a lot that goes on that you can very easily miss and fall behind. And it, it takes a lot to score keep a game and be able to manage all those things at once. And, not only that, but John is is certainly um, something that not a lot of FPF members see, but staff members see behind the scenes is that like John had been and has been um, a, a sort of a personality for Rob, like someone who he trusts to oversee the entire arena like at that time. so all the other scorekeepers will come to him and they'll get their stuff, but he'll organize and he'll be really the presence for Rob at the field for that day throughout the, the games. And I think that that's something that, like I said, not a lot of people see, but is very valuable to the league behind the scenes and why the staff vote is by the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob White as well, scorekeeper, uh, perennial personality. We've seen him uh, win championships as well. He was a former team. I was going to say mine. these
0: two scorekeepers are actually un- extremely underrated players as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, both have championships. Yeah. Which I don't weigh heavily. (laughs) uh, So yeah the the same the same argument can be made for Rob White, um, just someone who's been been with the league and seen its evolution and has been that scorekeeper as well. Uh, Brent Bodkin has done a lot of everything.
0: He's scorecap. He's been writing for longer than I have. Yeah, um, he's uh, been the voice uh, at the finals. Um,
1: Brent was the Ottawa author, similar to Justin <laughs> who wrote about yeah. like FPF when he was in France. Like Brent wrote about the Ottawa division when while being in Montreal. Yeah.
0: Uh which is very difficult to do. Um Brent so I will say that the little anecdote I have about Brent is Brent is one of the hardest working, most pliable, and most reliable people uh we've had at FPF. And what I mean by most pliable is when I started working for the media and Rob entrusted me with handling sort of the direction of the media, um, I had a I not I, but we had a vision specifically for what we wanted. And Brett Bodkin was very traditional in his style of writing. And over time, he's become you a know, really fun read. Uh, he brings life to broadcast. Um, and you know all the other stuff he's done in terms of scorekeeping just adds to that. Uh, but to me, the fact that being able to, 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 to be a guy who comes in And here's from a guy who started working after him. And and like, man, there's a lot of people, I don't know if you know this, GM. not everyone likes me, Um, but uh, I, I can be a difficult personality. And Brent's one of those dudes who, no matter what you throw at him, he, he, he takes it as a way to make himself better, doesn't look at, criti- not even criticism, but doesn't, doesn't take these conversations about like, hey, we want to do this, we want to do this, what do you think? He, he's someone who, who uses those opportunities as a way to push himself to get better, and that's something I think I've always appreciated uh, in him, uh, in his work in the media. Is it time for players?
2: Uh, last piece, I just got informed. Justin Blanchard mm-hmm. was also on the Rules Committee this year. So, okay. something out that he can... Yeah, because exactly.
0: Rules Committee keeps being on nights where you and I aren't available for some reason. Although, the... More voices th- is good, though. Even more, even more of a case for uh, Justin being in the Hall of Fame is he got rid of that stupid rule. He helped get rid of that stupid rule where a tipped uh, pass died on the spot where it was tipped mm-hmm. when it was caught behind the tip.
2: Who voted for that one, GM? <laughs>
0: Actually, wait, I think you were the one detractor, were you not? or? Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> GM was the one detractor. I read the minutes. Um, so let's move on to players. Uh, for players,
2: we have 50 players on the list. So we'll
0: make it quick. Well, it's going to be hard to read the screen from there. So I need you. I'm getting old. So I need you to toss the names to me. All right. So uh, unfortunately,
2: well, or fortunately, they're kind of sort of randomized on the screen. There's some alphabetical order. Thank you, Duke, for putting this together so quickly. (laughs) I know you've been sick. So love you. Uh, I'm going to start top left. The whole Super Bowl party was
0: just people sick or getting sick. Yeah. Travis
2: Moses, Shane Paquette, Fascia Paquette. Let's go
0: one at a time so we can make a quick case. Literally one sentence each one, Jim.
2: Okay. Travis Moses.
1: One sentence, okay. Um, clear progression from the bottom of, FP- of FPF to the top.
0: Two-way stud started absolutely as a defensive shutdown guy, became offensive threat in, in FPF's highest divisions.
1: Shane pocket um, I
0: don't actually know Shane that well, because a lot of his accomplishment is pre-P's so I'll let you speak on it.
1: A reliable snapper with multiple championships. Sasha Poppich.
0: Tall, uh, rangy, uh, unguardable at times. Unguardable uh, is a bit... Unguardable yeah, is... there it.
1: you go. Tam Villadeath, One of the original players who made the transition effectively from defender to quarterback. And again, has clearly progressed up the divisions.
0: The guy who took the statement, you can't win as a mobile quarterback and won a Division 2 championship. Mm -hmm. Sean Kennedy. Sean Kennedy. I've played against him a couple times. Very reliable player. I don't know his... uh, his case as well as you as you do, Jeff.
1: Um, I think Sean Kennedy is the closest player. Like uh, he's very, he's like a tight end instead of receiver. Like he's the closest thing to like Rob Gronkowski or or George yeah, Kittle. Right, yeah, I could, Yeah, that's good. Like he'll if if you try and flag him as he's going by, first of all, he's a lot faster than you, and if you miss, you're gonna feel it because you're getting laid out. He also
0: looks like he walks with the same kind of pain that, G- that Gronkowski walks around with.
1: <laughs> Maybe uh, Phil Cutler. Uh, Phil
0: Cutler, uh, super exciting player re uh, redesigned his game after tearing his ACL uh, the numbers he's put up is astonishing i look at everyone uh, i look at stat, i look at everyone's stat lines without looking at player names first so as to avoid bias and it's always impressive to me the numbers he's put up in square uh
2: olivier bourdage
0: olivier bourdage has been uh, six championships in division p- 1 and playing on montreal's finest uh, having a ross spot on Uh, The team that's been the most talented for the longest time.
1: And who have access to whatever talent they want. And considering he's been a linchpin of that defense, that's saying something. Mike Piersin.
0: Mike Piersin, he's completely, completely taken FPF by storm. Probably, at this point, the best snapper in FPF.
1: Without a doubt. I think also the championship tally for Mike Piersin is incorrect. It may be missing one. Um, because I, th- I believe in 2006 or 2007 when Wolverines won Division Two, I think he was on that team. Oh, did
0: not know that. Uh,
2: in that case, I think we only track from 2009
1: onwards on the site. So, so, so something to bear in mind is that like throughout the league's evolution. But again,
0: pre era <laughs>
1: Yeah, but pre ps he would wa- he he played in one of the top I divisions, know. and now he plays in the top division. So, uh, was Pretty he different? like eight
0: years old at the time? I guess. <laughs>
1: Uh, Benny Goodfriend um, One of the
0: hardest Throwers in the field. Oh history. my god Absolutely Snappers balls too. balls from, from Benny My god
1: Yep um, Seven championships uh, Very effective Quarterback Very effective Snapper
0: Absolutely
2: uh, We have uh, What's his name Anthony Sorry. Como uh, Anthony Como I can actually read it from um, It's because I switched to another screen Where it's Anyway it's a long story Anthony Como uh,
0: Imposing figure uh, a Snapper for Finest uh, Not for Finest For D-Boys For many years Uh reliable... Uh, freight train. Yeah, freight train. Like, if the guy's running your way, you don't want to be there. Hilary the Zonka of uh, <laughs> FBF Sniffers.
1: Mike Harrington. Another Montreal's finest player. Um, dominant, dominant receiver. I remember one spring finals where after he had caught three touchdowns or something on the way back to the huddle, I think he shouted to the other team, make some adjustments.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I remember the first three times I saw him, I literally the first three times I saw him was just three plays where I looked over and he dropped the ball. And I think those might have been the only three drops in his career. And I was like, why did you ever talk about this guy? He's not that good. And then I saw a game where he explored and I was like, oh no, I was wrong. Oh, that, yeah, that dude. He's amazing. My bad. Sean Avram. Uh, no case for him. He shouldn't be on this list.
1: Sean should be at the top of everyone's list. Sean is also Oh, like- so you're
0: grandstanding for your friends. Yeah, absolutely. So th- don't take GM seriously. Yeah. Um, Sean- it's completely biased.
1: Sean is the FPFOG. Was part of the first undefeated Div One team, um, the Young Guns. He's consistently won championships, and if like even in in a what have you done for me lately? has one yeah. um, He's won one, and if you think is Sean best as a receiver, as a quarterback, or a defender in that? In that cha- in that most recent championship, he had two game-changing interceptions as mm-hmm. a defender. So we see a clear progression. Um, we see a, a variety of skills and just FPFOG. The
0: original Simo Dajne, so to speak.
1: Next, Scott Maranovic. Uh
0: Scott, lefty.
1: Yeah, lefty. Um, um, one of the few players to win two championships in a season.
0: Mm-hmm, that's true. That's true. Uh, insanely fast. Insanely quick. Uh, dude who excelled as quarterback wide receiver as well Mm -hmm. um just one of those guys who just excels uh, like the guy we're going to talk about next i was going to (laughs) say the same thing (laughs) you going to hear a trend because these two guys are very similar um uh, but yeah we'll talk about we'll talk about the other one in a second but yeah that's that's when i think of when i think of scott Morano. it's just a guy who when he's on the field no matter which position he's playing you have to account for Mm -hmm. rick humes rich humes why did I say Rick? Rickard Rich, Humes? Rich, yeah. Rick. Uh, Rick Humes, uh, Scott Moranoitz two But we're honoring you by by uh, posting you as a candidate for Hall of Fame. <laughs> but we're gonna butcher your name. Um, the dude, li- literally similar case for Scott Murano, Um The he got hurt la- last year.
1: Also, someone who has changed their game after. Um, and, and I was gonna say I
0: had to absolutely redefine his game, similar to Jake Cutler. Um, and it's I've been Phil Cutler, impressed.
2: Cutler too. By, we're good at this. My God
0: my god this is a tough show next
1: patrick santama so one one of this should be your example of someone who only plays with their friends mm-hmm. and might not get the accolades that they deserve because of it because he's been he carries a, a team at times yeah. uh you absolutely have to account for him and unless you know unless you've watched lazou voodoo like the, the, those he's a legitimate of-
0: candidate for a prototypical Division 5 player being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because he's a guy who can compete at a higher level, fast, huge, great hands, runs every route in the route tree, amazing accomplishments, and just wants to play with friends. I know because I've tried to prime him away for seasons.
1: Matt Bond. Shut down, shut down, Division 1 defender.
0: Yeah. And and a guy who's improved as a receiver over time. Mm -hmm. At the highest divisions as well.
1: Marker Botoldi.
0: Marco Bertoldi, to me, was the, the first uh, memory I have of him was playing against Bearskins Bear in Division 3 and looking at him and saying, well, that's not the guy we've got to worry about. And then him scoring, I want to say, three touchdowns against this that game. And I was like, I was wrong.
1: So in a, a pre-Peace era, my first memory of Marco Bertoldi so it is, didn't happen. is he old enough to drive. <laughs> so he's he's been in that league and he has excelled from from a young age from the, from the Incredibles and we've seen clear progression as well. We've seen him get b- better and better. So this is someone who is um, elite route running, am- amazing hands without gloves, and is an absolute threat everywhere on the field.
0: So so be- because he's just too lazy to get himself gloves, get himself extra attention.
1: Marc Antoine vient. Uh,
0: Cannonball. <laughs> 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 Talking about dudes who catch a ball and you don't want to be in their way, uh, just plays the game with, with veracity is the way I would. Uh, so I would
1: arguments it. about yardage for snappers, um, he should be your prime counterexample because I think he has more like catches for one or two yards that were probably each one of them fourth down. I was
0: going to say, if, you, if there was a stat for first downs in FPF... It
1: will be Marc-Antoine Gay.
0: Yeah, he, he would probably hold the record.
1: Uh, Kyle Labowski, <laughs> someone who doesn't talk a lot um, is is easy to not because he's not flashy. You don't notice him on the field until you notice him. He's an absolutely underrated defender, and sti- I say he's underrated, and he still has the numbers to back it up. I
0: don't have the numbers in front of me, but look up his interceptions to pick six ratio. It's nonsense. Yeah, nonsense. Justin McLean, we talked about it earlier a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we can move on, I guess, because we, we made the case. H- yeah. A- yeah. A- uh, a- Vince, the Nardin, of Vince Nardone's entire offense.
2: Yeah. Jordan McLaren.
1: Oh, the, the the best jump ball receiver in FBF. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite memory is on a two point convert watching him go up, catch it with one hand, boop the defender on the head with the ball on the way down for the catch.
0: The, uh, the thing I w- like, if you want to talk about guys who have a presence, who change the game, just. By being on the field on both sides of the ball, that's Ron
1: McLaren, Justin Lerner. Um, I think in the ten seasons that he's been in this league, Justin has kind of taken it by storm in the amount of individual awards, championships, and all-star nominations. And
0: similar to what we made the case for Pat uh, Pat Saint Amant, he's a guy who just until he recently started playing with only recently,
1: yeah. uh, He he just wanted
0: to play with his brother and his friends, and like you know, I'm not going to hold that against him. The dude is a phenomenal athlete. He, He is a highlight reel machine.
2: The only double nomination, Justin Blanchard.
0: Well, we skipped over someone. Jordan. Allard. Oh, yeah. Who we'll come to back Jordan back to them, Lard. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Jordan. let do Jordan Lard first.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <coughs> Jordan Lard first, then.
0: Jordan Lard first. Um, he's shown a ver-
1: uh, He excels at a variety of things. Great defender. Great receiver.
0: And his, his level of improvement in short periods of time at each position is crazy. It's crazy.
1: Especially as well. He's moved up from division six to division four, a as a quarterback. Quick side
0: topic. The thing I find weird about voting in FPF is sometimes you're voting for guys who absolutely have accolades, absolutely look the part and have the talent to be hall of famers. And you're like, but they're not even there yet. They're like, like we haven't even seen how good he's going to be. And he's already a candidate for hall of fame. Uh,
2: Now let's do Justin Blanchard.
0: Um, Kind of overrated. <laughs> no, no, he's very good, insanely fast. Uh, great teammate. Great teammate. A guy who makes everyone around him better. One of the best defensive play callers in FPF. Uh,
2: John Laristis.
1: Mikey's um, Swiss Army knife.
0: Yeah. Well, look. Not a lot of guys have that many catches, that many sacks. Um, and he's played a lot of seasons, but he's also played played some quarterback. Uh, he's not only played rusher, he's played DB on a lot of teams as well. The he's a guy who, like, he has a reputation for being a loudmouth. I've played with him as a teammate and I could be very frustrating to play with um, and one of the best teammates I've ever played with.
1: I, I think there's something to be said as well uh, in that some people are system receivers and I think John is like the complete opposite of that And that you can kind of plug and play him in, in any system.
0: He's also missing a receiver of the year award on the site. He won one with checkmate. Uh,
1: Jesse Dupuis. I think for a while He had like an Undefeated in the finals And like there was just Like a winning streak then of, Like a 24 game winning streak Yeah or
0: If we had a most improved player uh, Just as we would have won it Four years in a row Despite having won it The year before Like that's how good He yeah. is And how quickly he improved
1: And I think that He quashed a lot of his critics Who said that he liked to be A, a big fish in a small pond When he started playing with Bruce Oh and I was well. one of
0: those critics And then I was wrong <laughs> And I'm happy to say I was wrong Because Former teammate and I know him personally. Great dude, great dude,
1: Jeff Rosenblatt, another player who has grown tremendously during their time in this league. Um, and then let's let's think about like, do we take the fact that he plays in 35 plus and his accolades and his stats that he puts up there? I 35 think plus is it's an, it's is part, an FPF, it's, yeah, division. absolutely.
0: And again, it's a, it's a this is a this is a, a museum of of our league on the whole and he's also
2: playing with Keeper Lock in Div 3 this year so it's not only 35 plus yeah. anymore right he's yeah. still competing at a
0: and he beat the finest in the fall season
2: uh, Jeremy Anderson
0: one of the Swiss Army Knives a guy who, yeah. who uh, you don't expect to be that quick um, a guy who, who again leads the field tremendously yeah and he has a, a, again a reputation for being a hothead and so, and so on but I've played with him and again tremendous teammate made everyone around him better
1: jason prince so we're talking about reputations now <laughs> um but seriously though jason prince has i think he might be one of the players on here with the most amount of championships um or at least it's close he used to be one of fpf's premier rushers as well before making the transition away from that and just the variety of teams that he's played on and impacted is his case
0: yeah um i know him primarily as a defender and uh Playing in a variety of schemes, variety of different coverages, and always did so well. Similar to the case you made for John Lewis on offense, that's the case for Jason Prince on defense. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Brian La- LaRiviere, we kind of mentioned him earlier a little bit. Yeah, so we'll effectiveness
1: is, um, as a center on the finest, but also has uh, championships with Craig O'Brien and, and the Water Buffaloes previous to that. And,
0: and not to mention replacing sort of an FPF legend in Don Shepard and doing so, you know, stepping into those shoes with no problem. Uh, Julien Pema. So a lot of Devastating. Rushers, a Devastating. Yeah, literally just that. just Disrupting as a rusher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing with, with Julien is a lot, for a long time, uh, people say it's easy to put up stats as a rusher in lower divisions because there's more mobile, mobile quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, he's done it in every division at all times. It's, it's nonsense. The guy is
2: ridiculous. One thing I will add here, one of the very few people <sighs> who have won three championships in the same season... I think the only... Um, I think there's one other person, maybe. Did Rashidi ever do
0: that?
1: Yeah. I think Rashidi made finals on three he did games. Make th- he did
0: make three in but a row. Some,
2: I think someone else did win three, but Julien did it in a single day because now we started splitting them across two days, so he's actually done them all in the same day, basically back-to-back to back games almost.
0: Yeah. And we, we tried to make him not do it. We put his three games in the same day, so. yeah, uh, JD Chevalier. JD is a guy whose numbers don't even showcase how oh, good he yeah. is. Yeah. Um, um, he does, He hasn't played as many games as a lot of other guys in this league, uh, but when you see him on the field, his talent is tremendous.
1: I'm looking at the, the entire pa- page of players right now, and I'm trying to think of someone who is able to make it look as effortless as JD does. I don't think there's any other player. The next guy.
0: Who, so it's again with the back-to-back guys. Yeah, <laughs> Who,
1: who put, look like they're putting such a little effort in and can do so much, leading us to... Uh, uh, Jamie Ojea? Yeah. Jamie Ojeda.
0: When he's running, it looks like he's, like, gliding on water.
1: So true. That's a very good
0: description. <laughs> it's, uh, it's It doesn't even look like he's fast, except, oh, my God, is he fast. Yeah.
1: And at, at times, like, you, you just look, and he's just kind of chilling in the corner, looking kind of disheveled, and then, oh, yeah, he's taking it back for six. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Gittens.
0: The first time I saw Jamal Gittins, the first time I was introduced to him was in that Rogues game where he made up, went up and made that filthy oh. one-hand catch. Um, and hasn't stopped since then uh Jamal Gittens is just like fine he's very very good on defense but is one of the best receivers I've ever seen playing FPF uh
1: Isaiah Allard. ready to ruin your day at Rusher I, I don't ruin your day yeah i don't period think, i don't think there is any rusher who has or will ever come close to the amount of interceptions at the rusher position that Isaiah has it's crazy uh Gordon Hogan <laughs> Someone who also cared very little, but made it look effortless. Um, but see, like his
0: effortlessness actually is because he just seemed to really didn't get, like not care. Yeah.
1: Um, so n- not an FPF story, but in a in an outdoor touch league, we had made the finals, and Gordon showed up hungover, without cleats, and kicked the opening kickoff in his bare feet for a safety, like for a touchback. So for touchback. Um, the safety was. been particularly uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> impressive
1: no but yeah for a touchback and it was just
0: he would a line drive line drives off a guy's face no. out of the end zone
1: uh, Fred Vien. Um, the, the every th- argument you have for Joey Taylor walks up for it le- ma- makes walks uh, up for
0: league building in mentorship.
1: Yeah, but you're not right in that. Assum- the, I, what do you I mean i not maybe right? maybe he mentors <laughs> you, but like it's... No, no, but not just me. It's, I'm, it's yeah, not I, just me. That's no, no, I'm fair. Saying, yeah, the the Howard brothers and... The, the, like, a, and
0: again, I've I've worked and written for lower divisions long enough to know the reach she's had. A guy who will legit sit and talk to you for hours about FPF if you even engage Okay, him. so stati- anyway, statistically
1: better than Joey. Um, the most
0: accurate passer in
2: FPF.
1: Y- the most accurate passer 72. in FPF, 72.7%
2: career completion rate. Yeah. And although career completion rate, not season. Career. Every That's single year he's averaging 73% completion. That's ridiculous.
1: And he, it's not even his most effective position. If you've seen him play receiver, yeah, it's he's, crazy. he's it's crazy. very difficult to He guard. was just
0: passing because he was their best option. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out he was really good.
2: Um, the next person, I'm not really sure why he's on the list because he's here in the room with I us. I am Francois Delaurier.
0: Yeah, I am Francois Delaurier. Um, uh, Francois is awesome. He's been a ref. He's played in coed. He uh, he's just 25 plus. His involvement in FPF is is amazing. Yeah. He, there's not a lot of people who care about FPF the way Francois Delaurier does.
1: And who's just um, One of the best teammates, Um, a great football mind as well, and a a motivator, and just absolutely. If if you want a Hall of Fame to be representative of its players, like Mm. Francois is is like the face of that. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Taylor. Um, Just effortless at quarterback. He just kind of like. Flicks it and it goes there with no – and it's reasons like that. Like watching Dylan throw a football is like, yeah, I'll never be able to do that ever.
0: Everything he does is effortless is a good way to put it, even at receiver, even on defense. Uh, Just a really smart, calculating player, Um, and that's why he's able to make it look so effortless. Corey Greenway. Corey Greenway is not a guy people know very well. I will say if you play him in Words with Friends, he will devastate you. (laughs) I beat I've beat everyone I play against. I cannot beat Corey Greenway. One of the smartest dudes I know, football and outside of football. Um,
1: Incredible range as a defender, um, side to side. Uh, I th- I think that he's like your prototypical like Bobby Wagner type linebacker. Like he covers the entire field, will not miss a tackle, and just like shuts down everything in his area.
0: Um, India in the first FPF Cup, there was a play where he caught a ball, uh, and a short hook. And I decided, I'm not going to be able to flag him. I'm going to, I'm going to knock him depends. down. No, no, knock him, knock him down. I went over him to get to play the ball. I'm, I was, I'm a big dude now. I was a bigger dude then. He tossed me aside, like I didn't exist, and then <laughs> took it upfield field for a touchdown. It was insane. Danny Demore.
1: Bye. Uh, <laughs> you cannot explain the greatness that is Danny um
0: the greatest if there was a you know when someone's great at something so so a master so to speak I almost (laughs) said this these two words together he's just great at baiting people great at baiting quarterbacks I almost put those words to that's why I started instantly laughing but yeah otherwise you can't describe what Danny DeMore is uh, would you say he's an expert baiter he's an
2: expert baiter
0: he's he's he
2: excels so his Yeah,
1: Especially because he doesn't even look like a football player. He looks like a French painter. Um someone said he looks like a French painter who crapped their pants, so he's just kind of waddling, but he's always there. Yeah. And he'll always make it to the ball before your receiver does. And he know it's like he knows what your quarterback is going to do before they do it. Chris Millard. Another devastating rusher. Another player who has absolutely everything. Yeah. Um. Phenomenal. I saw him once, like, go up for a jump ball. Like, if you're standing, like, he caught it over your head, but, like, it was at his waist. Mm. So he went up for a pass higher than, I don't know, and had to reach down for it at the defender's head.
0: Yeah. I, I remember, uh, you'll remember this, this story, Jim, when we put together a staff team. For, <laughs> the tournament. And Mitch Stardone was very intent on winning, and I was very un- intent on having a good time. And uh, I just kept saying, whenever Vince was like, well, you know, guys, we gotta, we got to really go out and get this. I was like, yeah, but, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then, like, I was really aggravated, and he was like, he's like, no, 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 like, we're going to bring this guy, Chris. And I was like, okay, but, like, we don't need him, because, again, we don't yeah, really we're, care.
1: We're all, yeah, we, we, we all know the league pretty well. And so I
0: remember messaging you and saying, uh, so, this guy, Chris, like, is he a douchebag? Is he going to ruin the team? Is he going to make this not fun? And you're like you're like, nope, opposite. And you were entirely right. He is uh, just always smiling, always having a good time. One of the, the, the just most chill dudes out there. Um, and that level of chill should never be that level of dominating. Yeah,
1: um, one of my favorite Chris Meard stories to tell is I, I had the fortune of playing with him in an outdoor tournament years before he started playing in FPF. And then he wrote on the FPF walls as a free agent saying, hey, guys, looking, uh, looking for a team. And I saw it like maybe five minutes after it was posted. And I messaged him right away. I said, I have a spot for you. You can play both ways all game. You'll never sit. Like, we'll take care of you. Come on. Just delete your post off the wall, please. I said, you have a spot. Don't worry about it. And we have a quarterback who will love to throw to you. Just take your post off the wall. <laughs> well, Brand- the- Brandon Ilward. Um, a, a clear progression. Someone who f- uh, who was in Joey's system as well, and we've seen him expand his role. Great as a quarterback, great as a receiver. Yeah,
0: he, he's um, his top speed is really impressive. He's a guy who people don't take seriously until they see it. Uh, guys are wind from deep, and he still gets by them. It's it's really very impressive.
2: Anthony Van Drem.
0: Um Again, kind of does everything well, but to me, the, the the way he just every route he runs looks physical. Mm-hmm. He just will always get separation, and he when runs he doesn't, angry. it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. He runs his routes angry, plus time cup. Andrew Langbert. Most frustrating player I've ever played against. Uh, he, he lear- when you're playing against him as a quarterback, he learns your playbook immensely quickly. His recall is insane. Um, and his adjustments are uh, out of
1: this world. And if if you look at someone like from where they started and how have they progressed and how do they compare it to their peers? Um, and Andrew was someone who is another one of those guys who's not necessarily um, a higher division name, but absolutely deserves to be on this list. Uh, Corey Pecker.
0: The first time I saw Corey Pecker throw a ball, I said, well, <laughs> this guy can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as much as I've been wrong about a lot of the guys on this list, I've never been more wrong than Corey Pecker. Uh, we talk, and we've talked about players' intelligence and I don't even think there's anybody on this list who rivals Corey Packers. What, he, what he's what he been able to do without having the physical skill set and, and training. He wasn't a guy who was a football player. He was a guy who was a hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, and without sort of having, let's say, the background of, let's say, a guy like Dan Lazara. Um, or the guy with the experience of, of, of Kevin Wyeth and, and what he had done in, you know, he was a ta- Kevin Wyeth was a t- talented mm-hmm, tackle. tackle football player before taking over a flag. Um, Corey Pecker has maximized his skill set, and like you say that a lot of times about guys in Div three, you don't say that about guys in Div one often. Yeah. Um, but That's even
1: even during his time in Division three, I remember him carrying teams. Like he carried his team. well oh, his
0: teams were were not good enough for his ability in Division three, and they were still competitive in every game and every season. Alex Holloway the most improved player in the history of FPF, start to yes, finish. Yes, absolutely. Um, there, for a long time, there wasn't anybody who truly excited me uh, when I watched FPF. Alex Hallowack ignited something in me where I was like, I've never seen a guy play this fast and and just always, always attack. Like, his he, he acts... Like, like he he drives like Dom Toretto. He acts like Nicolas Cage. He is everything I want in everything. That's it. That's I, I, that's I, my case for Alex
1: Holloway. Yeah, absolutely. I can't like argue if, that. if you love Dom Toretto and, and if
0: you like Nicolas Cage, you and, and if you know me, these are compliments. Alex Holloway is, is just the most fun there is on an FPF field. It's there's and not a he more. He the player.
1: pros of like Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Dean Demetrio, um, very versatile player, has played in a variety of systems and roles. Um, he was one of, alongside Norman Weeks, as you can see in his, uh, he's wearing the Warriors jersey. But on the Warriors, he was one of the first players to be like the two point, uh, the two point uh, conversion halfback, and at that time, not a lot of teams knew what to do with that. And I think that he is probably the most two points conversions thrown in FPF.
0: Um. The amount of times I've been on a podcast and said, well, they lost, but Dean Dimitri wasn't there, and it's not the yep. same team. I, I'm, I've, st- I've said it this season. I've said it my first season working on the podcast. i said it every season in between. Um, he impacts the team he's on almost like no other player.
2: Anthony James, Gomes, Gomez. We still haven't <laughs> I meant that. to ask him today how to pronounce his <laughs> name, and I forgot,
0: hey, even though I spoke to him today. He doesn't him? live there anymore. Okay. Um <laughs> He doesn't live above our high-rise anymore. Okay. The rent was too astronomical. Um, AJ, I'm, it's so weird for me because I keep calling him the next best receiver in FPF and he's eligible for Hall of Fame because he already is the next best receiver. Like, he's whether or not he's the best, to me, I saw him as the guy who was going to be there and you can easily make the case that he is the best right now.
1: Also, the most OCs on this list.
0: <laughs> That's true. Listen, he plays the fire and he started playing young... And that's usually when you get your OCs. Mm-hmm. Craig O'Brien. Craig O'Brien has never been young. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, Craig is absolutely an old soul. But like to go with that is he has all the intelligence. And like he sees the field. And he sees the routes. And he, he's just phenomenal. Deserves to be uh, to be inducted as a referee. Deserves to be inducted as a quarterback.
0: I've told this story on Colin the Audible before. But because every podcast is someone's first podcast, I'll tell it quickly
1: here. Uh, we
0: lined up with Moose against a team that was called Pastor Prime. They were called Pastor Prime for a reason. They're all old. Uh, on our team was a, g- a bunch of guys with FPF uh, cred, a quarterback with, and uh, Fred Morris said with a seven to one touchdown, c- career seven to one touchdown interception ratio. And CIS players. Sorry, CIS players. Normally CIS players. Uh, Bruno Labelle, who is now a tight end at Cincinnati, and Felix Laflamme, who was all Canada and CIS at the time. And, and Morissette's
2: also an offensive coordinator now. So we and, well, no, the he's a head coach at head coach, One
0: Um, But don't hold that against him. Unfortunately, Momonasi's not been... The return to greatness has not yet happened. But um, we, Craig took a team of guys who were didn't have the speed that we had, didn't have the youth that we had, and tore us to shreds. And that was the first of about 10 times where he would do that. And like... I got to a point where I couldn't talk to my now wife on game days when I was going to play against them because I felt like I was going to an execution. I felt I was going to a trial. I was going to lose. And, and you'll just take that out on whoever is... Exactly. And so, uh, Craig O'Brien, uh, I got married to a woman I love despite your best efforts.
2: And those are our 50 candidates That's for weird the That's a way to end. Yeah. <laughs> our list. So... For anyone in our community or Hall of Fame members or staff members that want to actually vote, um, to do so, uh, go inside uh, GM's article. There is a link. well for people thinking on our Facebook group, and I think it'll go out in our weekly email to captains as well. So there is a link in there which will give you a form that you can fill in. So basically, all you need to do is enter in your name. You specify if you played an FPF before, just so we can see uh, if you're an actual player or if it's more of like a fan vote, let's call it, to kind of see the differentiating factors there. We have a link to the spreadsheet. I'll show you that in a second. And then you have a list of all 50 candidates. You get 10 votes from 10 to one. Notice the one you are going to have to scroll. I can't make the form any bigger. So literally you have to use this and move over by one. Uh, and then at the bottom, you also have the ability of selecting one of those staff members we talked about earlier. Once you're done that, you go ahead and submit it, and that'll process your vote for this particular voting. You can only vote for each player once, and you can only vote for each category once. So you can't vote two tens, so one ten, one nine, one eight, etc. If you do vote for mul- the multiple people twice, we'll remove the lowest one. If you vote for the same number twice, we're gonna remove the vote entirely. So just kind of let you know how that works behind the scenes. And you don't have
1: to fill fill out all 10, right?
2: Exactly. You don't have to vote for all 10. You can only vote one person for 10, and that's your vote. Um,
0: So are we inducting a specific amount of players, or is it players uh, a certain percentage of vote?
1: GM, you want to tackle this? Yeah. Um, So we've seen that right now, whether it's a certain amount or a certain percentage, it's kind of coming up to the same thing. So we're going to try again with the six, if you can be inducted with 6% of the vote, which is the trends of the past three seasons have ended up being um, the top five players anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit different this time around,
2: but that still hits our usual targeted trend. We still want to make it exclusive, so we wanted to make sure it's still a, a lot. But That being said, people felt like five people every year was a large number of people getting in. So this way, if the community doesn't agree, then there actually is kind of a way of saying there's no consensus, and therefore a limited pool of people should be
0: uh, inducted. Um, Eagle? Yes. So I know I should know this. I know it's my responsibility to know this. And because you manage every aspect of my life. Uh, I figure uh, it's best that I go to you because I either don't remember or we didn't have this conversation. Uh, how will the winners be announced? So we are going first of all, do we have this conversation? Uh, we have had
2: this conversation. Oh, nice. I completely forgot. So the vote headed this year, the voting begins now, effectively. So this is live. You can go ahead and submit it. Just before we tackle this topic, there is, like I mentioned, a corresponding document which comes together with both the accolades for every player. So you can see – you don't have to go profile by profile. We did it for you. You can see the number of championships, playoffs, MVPs, all-star selections, all the awards. It's all here. And then we also have a categorization of all the statistics as well. So if you want to go ahead and see – how many uh, receiving yards a player has. They're all here. You can go ahead and filter off of the tabs and get the information. So you have all the stuff, including the OC count. So, like, right there we can c- catch it. So this is all available for you to help make your decision as you start voting. So going back to the original question, um, voting begins immediately. Voting will end Sunday night at 1159.59. 59, so, Sunday, like, basically Sunday, midnight. Sunday. Sunday. Uh, and then throughout all of next week, we'll be announcing the uh, the inductees. So we'll be doing it progressively. Um, usually, it comes with a little blurb about their career, pretty much what we did now, but in a written up version. They get inducted. Are uh, we doing the uh,
0: podcast version of that as well?
2: Maybe that's the part. We you know what? Fi- Maybe. Yeah, that's the one we haven't figured out exactly yet. We tried it for a couple of years; it worked okay, but it's also like a lot of heavy lifting to to prep and everything.
0: So we'll see exactly how it's going to work out. Um. Well, Eagle, I need you uh, to figure that out and let me know. Also, please put in my agenda to vote by Sunday, eleven fifty nine fifty nine. 59 For those of you without an Eagle, please make sure to do so on s- before Sunday, eleven fifty nine fifty nine. 59 To clarify,
2: Sunday, February 9th, mm-hmm. eleven fifty nine fifty nine 59, 59 p.m. That's this Eastern Sunday. time.
0: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, by then, the XFL games will have all played out, so you have no excuse make sure your ballot is filled in uh i have been peas you have been i still GM, am gm you've been eagle and thank you all for letting me be myself